Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pro Football Playbook, presented by the Pigskin Podcast Network, your source for team news, draft needs, player profiles and rankings, full senior bowl, combine, and NFL draft coverage, news, analysis, discussion. It's in the playbook. Now, here is your host, sports journalist Bill Alfstead, and featured analyst Keith Myers. Welcome into the Pro Football Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Opstead, sitting down with Keith Myers. Here's our uh, weekly draft episode version of the show. And this week, we're on to top interior defensive linemen in the 2022 draft. Keith, thanks for uh, coming in, man. Yeah. Um, I love these draft shows. I mean, this is kind of our thing, right? We um, that's, that's, uh, the, that's the bread and butter. You and I spend... Um, a lot of time looking at draft picks and um, prospects and and scouting, you know, guys. Yeah. This yeah for the last the last five years we've been on. Uh, we've had a show for a regional team. Who I you know you guys figure it out eventually probably. And um and so we're used to doing all of the player profiles and the and the draft prospect shows. Mm-hmm and all of that. And so we've just it's been kind of doing this for one team. And now we're kind of looking at it from for all 32 markets. And in general, it doesn't change when we do the position group player evaluations. No, we're still it doesn't going change through anything. that, that same, yep. same process. So still looking at all the same, all the same players and, and doing, doing the same work just now. Um, Hopefully know, now, for a bigger audience, maybe. Maybe, or, you know, at least if nothing else, we're looking at it for um, just kind of more in, more generalized and less yeah. just like, hey, how does this affect the one team that, that we cover? And yeah, no, uh, I actually, honestly, this is a little I, bit more fun. Yeah, I actually love this. This is this is fun, and I enjoy these shows with you. It's um, I really enjoy the in-season stuff, and of course, <laughs> I couldn't have football without all the, the games. But, but the off-season stuff for me, I really enjoy just kind of the nuts and bolts, getting into the under the hood a little bit figuring out the process of the senior bowl, the process of the combine, 
what the team needs are, try to match those up and just have fun. You know, sometimes you're going to miss on the picks, but you'll have a good general understanding and idea of what the teams are are really looking for, what kind of players they're trying Mm -hmm. to put into place. And you may miss on the pick and the player, but later on in the draft, you might hit the, hit the pick with the same type of player type of a thing. So, yeah. And so a lot of it is, it's not just position. I mean, we, we evaluate like individual players and whatnot, but ultimately we're coming at it from with a, an incomplete set of facts because we don't get to be there during interviews. We don't get to be there during uh, medicals. We're reliant on media members who leak some of that stuff, but a lot of, even them, they don't even have good access yeah. to that information. And ultimately uh, those things go a long way you know, to, to determining where individual guys go. Um, there've been plenty of picks where, you know, the draft, you especially talk to the draft media and they've got them, got a player listed someone somewhere. And then um, come draft day, that player drops way down and you go, we're like, why? And then it comes out like a month later, like, Oh, well they had this uh, legal thing that was going on and it scared teams off. Right. And we did, none of us knew anything about that because we just don't have access to that information. So, um, you know, it's that kind of stuff, but ultimately, you know, you can walk, you and I watch tape. We watch a lot of tape, um, and break down guys and, and, and start looking at what we're doing. Um, I am kind of the offensive line guru. You are more of a, um, <laughs> skill, skill position and, um, edge rusher, uh, guy like that's, you know, those positions Listen, as well. So, I don't, I'm not going to um, pretend to be anything other than just a generalist. Like I just generally yeah. like doing the process and going through and, you know, it's it's interesting, Keith, because by the time we're done, I kind of figured this out today, did a little bit of math. We we evaluate, we talk about, you know, nearly 300 players by the time it's all said and done. And that's mm-hmm. the fun part. And 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 when we get all done with the process and we don't pretend to know, you know, rarely do we hit on one or maybe two picks overall, you know, on a team or or what have you. Uh, but overall, the overarching knowledge base is, is there and built and it just really provides a, a depth of knowledge and players throughout the league. And uh, so when you go into free agency and so forth, you can kind of recall, uh, you know, all the information that you originally had as they came into the league. So today is a fun day because uh, I really enjoy the defensive uh, line in general. Um, and the interior defensive line guys are just a fun group to look at. Um, I predict that you and I will have a different player as our number one prospect. Really? Yeah. That is interesting because we use a lot of the same resources when we start the process. And then of course we do our own evaluations, but yeah. we do. Start and we don't share, we don't share any of the information prior to any shows, by the way. No. So I, you know, do you want to start at number one or do you want to kind of just name some names and work our way up? Oh no! Let's start at number one. You yeah. you you just teased it and said that we were going to disagree. So <laughs> all right, well um, I'm going to let you go first. Okay, um, I will go first. My number one interior defensive lineman is um, Jordan Davis, mm. um, no, nose tackle, 340 pound defensive tackle out of Georgia. He's six six, just a ginormous mountain of a man that you just simply aren't going to move in the middle of that. Um, that defense and he well, there's a lot lot of why teams don't run against Georgia uh effectively because yeah. you just can't move him off that spot and you have to double team him because if you don't um 
even you know he's not not the the fastest guy he's not like an interior pass rusher um he's just a mountain of a guy but even at that size he will push you know the a guard or center you know back into the lap of the quarterback or um disrupt a running lane by just overpowering the guy in front of him you have to double team him and even if you do you're not pushing him off the line and so um to me he's a a not flashy. I know that you know flashy tends to get know, bigger man. press, I, but I don't but know. But he is, but he is the he's the best interior defensive lineman in my uh, you, my opinion. You can say best interior lineman in my opinion, and you are underselling Jordan Davis. You are you have undersold Jordan Davis, my so, friend. But that's not who you were. Jordan pick? Davis is my number one pick in, in the draft <laughs> so we, for interior lineman. We did pick the same guy, but I'm telling you, you're selling him even a little bit short on the ability to get after the quarterback and, and disrupt the pocket. Jordan yeah. Davis, his 40 time is guesstimated at 5.10 um, mm-hmm. 40 time, but he was timed at 20 miles per hour running down a play this season. You can't run a 5-10-40 and run 20 miles an hour. That just doesn't happen. So I think he's probably going to come in at like 4-8, something like that. He just looks faster than 5-1-0 on, on tape. 6-6-340, monster of a man. So not only is he a monster of a man, dude, he's a destroyer of men. Like yeah. literally, his nickname is Godzilla. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. So he's just he's a, a massive man of a spectacle, dude. I spent 25 minutes watching tape on him uh yesterday, Keith. Um, and I couldn't stop. Like I was after after I watched that initial 25 minutes, I was like, I need to keep watching this guy because I was smiling fun. the whole time. He's fun. He really yeah. is. He um, just has the demeanor of a guy that you want to have anchoring your interior defensive line in the nfl yeah he's a guy that is going to just overwhelm the that's exactly right the best guards now this isn't an aaron donald situation where he's going to dominate by being faster quicker and you know and just like you can't block him and he's going to be on the field but 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 he could be vince wolfuck though he could be vince wolfuck yeah he's going to simply overpower the guy in front of him and that's why he was my number one um yeah interesting you said that we were going to disagree well i thought you were going to go with the upside of demarvin uh leal i really did texas a&m 64290 that's but when i watched demarvin on tape and then i watched jordan davis they're just two different types of players they yep. play this this a similar role in a similar position jordan davis surprisingly can anchor, can be double team, can split double teams, defends the run really well, but he does still give you like he moves surprisingly well for his size. He really mm-hmm. does. He can ch- he can run and chase. He's a guy that has lateral agility and quickness. A guy that can get off the the, the ball snap very quickly. He just does. It's on tape. So it, that's why I said I think that you're underselling him a little bit because I think there's some upside there that I think teams will recognize when it comes time to draft these two players and Jordan Davis comes off first. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I think, I think Davis is um, the more, definitely the more complete player, but um, DeMarvin uh, Leal is um, let's not undersell him. Either. No, he's a, a four, he's, four, eight, eight, 40 timed already. 
he's you know, he's he's, an, he's the real he, deal. He's he's only two ninety, which I know for for defensive tackles you tend to want them, you know, three fifteen, three twenty. But his scheme diversity um, though, dude. Yeah, because he can play. What he is is so he's a, we say interior def- defensive lineman. Um, we're you're typically talking defensive tackles. To me, what he is is he is a five tech in a three four defense. Yes. And a three tech in a four three. Yeah. And so he is going to be super um disruptive. He's gonna be in he's gonna live in the backfield in the NFL. He is yeah. um he's the guy that's gonna be able to get between the guard and center, get upfield, and just make life annoying for uh any running back or quarterback on the other side. He's just super quick, um, super strong, got yeah, got that length. Um going to be a, a teams will player, have to scheme against him yep he, they they are um but he he is just a different type of player uh jordan davis is going to overwhelm and just you know just dominate the guy in front of yes. them whereas leal's gonna outrun outmaneuver be quicker than faster than yes. um the guy and in he'll front be able to be moved around like a defensive uh uh, jack of all trades kind of a guy where a defensive mm-hmm. coordinator can just have a lot of fun with DeMarvin Leal. Now, yeah. when you when you're lining Jordan Davis up, he's either going to be your one nose or he's going to be your three tech, you know, and and really yeah, should... he could line up for you on the outside. Um remember the uh the old defensive tackle for the Seattle Seahawks, Red Bryant. Oh yeah, he, he was there and that then he sort went down, of a situation went down to um, I believe it was Jacksonville after he left Seattle and they lined him up. He was three hundred and forty pounds and they la- la- both teams lined him up at at, uh, at the end. five tech defensive end because of his ability to set the edge and yeah and, yeah. and play and his agility yeah yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, I would, what, so what I do you think about Demarvin Leal going before Jordan Davis? I mean. He was the consensus top defensive tackle in the 2022 draft before the season. A lot of folks still have him there, um, including consensus, consensus big boards at uh, NFL Mock Draft Database, Pro Football Focus, uh, and a couple others. I think his um, the NFL is a passing league right now, and running the ball just doesn't have the correlation to winning that um for stopping the run yeah it's not valued as much that's what i mean so for both of them it's just not as valuable um and so the that that pass rush ability of being able to get upfield and be disruptive and and it's going to be valued higher and that's why i think um consensus um leal is going to be rated higher but I agree with you. I think Jordan Davis is probably the first defensive tackle off the board i think if jordan davis goes through the combine I think that Jordan Davis jumps to Marvin Leal. I just, I do from an athletic standpoint, I think they're going to come out fairly, fairly even. Um, and it's, and I, and Jordan Davis is just going to impress like his, mm-hmm. his demeanor, his meanness, his fight through the whistle his you know, all that kind of stuff is starting to come in play. The film just doesn't lie. Now, DeMarvin Leal is a great player on tape and, the, but there's just a difference to me in, in, a, in the fight and the, the, the quality of opponents and so forth. Um, Texas A&M versus Jordan Davis is the man at Georgia on the best defense in the nation. Yeah. And so that, to me, weighs out a little bit as well. And there's what a the number things- of players in the draft that have the, the Georgia um, team tag associated with them that are going to rise in this draft, I think, just from the nature of, of the defense there. 
Yeah, I also wonder, though, if we're going to end up in a situation where there's so many good Georgia defenders that teams and and draft analysts are going to start being like, yeah, he's really good on tape, but he doesn't get double teamed much yeah. because there's oh, so Devontae much talent Wyatt. around him. Devontae Wyatt could fall victim to that. You know, yeah. and we'll talk about yeah. him in a, in a second. Um, not and not very long because he's also here in, in the top <laughs> right, five. Um, right, right. So, yeah, and Trayvon Walker. You know, yeah, he is, is another name. You know, three they kind of get lost with yeah. Jalen Carter coming up um, as well. Like Jalen Carter is going to be eligible to be in the 2023 draft, and he's already getting talk about being the top interior defensive lineman next year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's just a tremendous group there. So, any who to look. Yeah, you, you've got a, you've got a situation in Georgia where there's just so many good defenders. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> um, let's let's. You know, I wanted to say this one thing. So when I was watching Jordan Davis. I had happened the night before to, to watch. I was watching um, the Twin Towers movie. It just happened to be on, and I was like, you had it on full, you know, uh, surround sound, Dolby ProLogic theater, and uh, it was the scene where the uh, all the orcs are are, are forging all of their uh, iron weapons, you know, and 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 the orc, the, like the main nastiest orc possible, is kind of born out of the mud that he's in he kind of tears that sheath away and he emerges and he stands up and his arms are crossed and he's like it's the ugliest thing you've ever seen jordan davis jordan davis is <laughs> that where guy i was wondering where you're going with yeah that. I, just, I mean I think, you just, I think you just said jordan davis was ugly That's, no it's um, not ugly it's just a mean <laughs> ass mf'er yeah that's yeah. Jordan Davis. He's just not, he's a man's man. Like I said, he's a destroyer of men. And I wrote that quote. Like I literally, I wrote that out when I was watching him. I was like, this guy just tosses people away, just yep. moves them away like they're not even there and makes play. I just like, wow, that guy's crazy good. And at, okay. that point, at this point, we've officially um, exhausted my list of, <laughs> for, of, of first round defensive tackles. Okay. I agree. Yeah, you know, you could possibly see a player like I'm gonna say, um, hold on, let me let me go through my list. Trayvon Walker could potentially come up if he does well in uh in in the bowl games and at the combine. Problem with but, uh Trayvon Walker is gonna run into is his lack of scheme diversity he is he is a three four outs or defensive end um but he is not a four three three tech yeah. and not, a, not a, well not he a could two, be be the, he's currently at five he's 275 but but there's talk that he could go to the combine at 300 pounds if he goes to the combine at 300 pounds and can and tests and out can still well, move yes yeah then or 290, sure. 290 ish, 292, 292 and can yeah. run a 50 or a 595, or if not a 5 a, a 495. Four, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, if, if he still moves well, he, up, he would need to around test well, pounds. is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he, he play, his play weight was at 275, which means he's not an interior defensive lineman in a four, three and most NFL defenses are four, three, which means 
he doesn't have um, the value uh, to the most of the teams in the NFL. Um, they're going to look at him. I, as a I disagree a little bit. I disagree. Gonna, I think even though he's two seventy five or or could play slightly higher than that, he's you know he's six three six four. He's got some length to him. I think that that length, and if he can show some agility um, and, 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 and some playing strength, he could go higher than say 50. Um, but he, right now on, you know, on big boards, he's hovering anywhere from 65 to 45. Yeah. And I, I'm just saying that there's a chance he could test into a range where he might be plucked at like 32. See, he's, he's under at this point, like I said, he would need to put on the weight and test well. Because just testing well at 275 is he's still going to be overwhelmed in the interior by NFL guards and, and centers that he's going to get moved um, yeah. off the ball. And, and that's going to be a problem. Um, so what he what then does is, like I said, he's either a 3-4 um, a defensive end or he is a situational guy that can play some five tech defensive end against the run and slide inside. Uh, to the three tech and you know third and long type situations and more he becomes more of a rotational guy and a specialist. Interesting. And, yeah. And and I just don't see So do you it see him a, having like a fourth round grade then or third third round? I see him um being plucked off the board in early round three. Um wow. Because, so you're talking about you know one hundred ish. No, that would be early round four. Um 60 65 would be round three um True. and so i'm i'm thinking you know somewhere in the late 50s early 60s somewhere in there simply because teams know the teams that 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 play the play a three four know that he's not going to be on the boards of a lot of other teams so they can wait and still get the guy they like um i just don't see him I'm like this is where I, I'm, I'm looking at his current play weight if he comes into the combine at um you know, 290, 295, uh, and still moves like he does on tape uh, at 275. Well, that's different. Um, but assuming that he comes in at 275 or he tries to put on the weight, doesn't test well because mm, of it. That's the then, worst. Then then loses the weight, tests well at the at his pro day, but back down at 275. That you know that kind of situation, he'll he's going to be a he's going to be fallen. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah. So, uh, give me your uh, your next guy that you want to talk about. Um, my next guy would be um, Perry and Win Winfrey mm-hmm. um, out of Oklahoma. And I, Oklahoma mm-hmm. is not known for uh, their you know defense, especially defensive line play. But um, yeah, I was just talking about a guy that I like. I just I I like his um, his motor, his ability to um, get. V- get horizontal and get out to the signs um, at times. And it just a guy with a lot of um, just a lot of movement. And I I just think he's, I like him there as well. I like him him there as well as far as being maybe just up above uh, Devante uh, Wyatt. And and the reason being is his scheme diversity at that weight, Mm -hmm. the six, three, two ninety. I can play all along the defensive line. Uh, yep. He's got the size and the power to do that. He's got the leverage against the runs. He's a strong tackler. He's got some extra uh, swim moves beyond just a bull rush um, that he can employ um, to get after the passer. So this guy isn't just a a run 
stop set the edge guy at the five tech he can also bring come down and, and play the three tech and play it effectively mm-hmm. and, and move the pocket around a little bit so i see you know a, a player you know with a like a like a, a second round grade possibly might fall could rise depending on team how teams view him but he's going to have a pretty high floor i think mm-hmm. uh in the nfl where his scheme diversity is going to give him an opportunity to, to be on the field and be part of a rotation yeah i think he's a, he's a guy that is going to be a starter and and you said it where you can play him anywhere on the line i think you can um you, you can line him up in a lot of different places or you can just line him up in the three tech um every down but then not be afraid to um have defensive end stunts inside of him and make him go outside mm-hmm. and and set an edge or yes um get up get up field there and you're you're gonna be able to do things like that with a guy like this because he can do a lot of things well and I think that's why I mean that's why he's he's the next um next interior um defensive lineman on my board is I just I just I don't see he's got the upside he's got the upside of being a good pass rusher but he's not quite there yet you know he needs a little bit more functional strength needs to work on some some moves he's got a little swim move going on along with the bull rush and that's about it could add to that a little bit and really it's just he's ready made though to set the edge i mean he could be five tech right away i think in the oh, NFL. Instant, yeah. Yeah. yeah he's a he's an instant uh five tech um in you know for a four three uh for against four, the three run team. and, and yeah. then he he slides inside um on third or, or, the, or you take him out as part of a rotation yeah yeah just he's he's an, he's he's ready made um to that and like i said that and that's why he's my uh my the next guy on the board is i i just there aren't a huge amount of flaws and i just see a lot of upside there and now a word from our sponsor draftkings football fans i'm sure we all love an action packed high scoring nfl game but with the latest no brainer from draftkings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl you'll be a winner once a single point is scored new customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So, you know, you could say Devontae Wyatt. You could go um, Haskell Garrett here. You could mm-hmm. talk about Trayvon Walker. Um, what? Who do you have next on your list? Um, next on my list... Um, it is well. I've got two names, and I've got them right next to each other, and I don't know which one 
I really want to put higher. Um, well, I think we need to look at this a little further too. I mean, this is kind of our first look at this draft. Yeah. Um, so for me, like I said, I've got two guys and they're different. Devonte Wyatt, um, the third person we will have talked about out of Georgia. Um, and not the last probably. And not the last um, goes in there. And then uh, Logan Hall out of um, yeah. Houston and uh, Hall is uh, Trayvon Walker. We talked about a few minutes ago um, from a, a smaller school. Um, I mean, they're, they're, they're very similar guys. I didn't they're, have any notes on Logan Hall. So you're gonna have to fill me in. Um, Logan Hall, he's 275 pounds, but he's six, six, um, estimated 40 time of 4.80. Um, maybe that's he, why I didn't have any notes on him. Maybe, maybe the services I was, I was looking at had him at defensive end and I dismissed uh, him. Actually, he, he's listed some, if some places as a defensive end and other places as a defensive tackle, because I mean, he played interior um, in college mostly, and and so that's why I've kind of got him on there. But uh, there are teams that view, or there are sites that view him as a defensive end and edge guy um, at the next level. I think he's more of an interior guy, um, but as a pass rush specialist, he's a guy yeah. that uh, isn't going to be out there on you know in obvious running situations. What um, round uh, do you? What what kind of big board grade do you have him at? So I've got him in, in, you know, right just after, um, uh, just after, uh, Walker, Trayvon Walker, um, in, in that same, yeah. I mean, he's, he's so not third quite round as, yeah, he's not quite as fluid of an athlete, but he's longer and that kind of stuff. So I've got him, uh, Walker goes early round three, Logan Hall goes. You so know, if eight there are later. teams if there are teams with a with a you know a number of needs in this draft, they're going to get some good value here out mm-hmm. of this position group, um, you know, in, th- in the third and fourth round because we still have a few guys to to talk about. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that's that's pretty cool. I um, the other guy that I had later on my list that I think may go earlier just because he plays um, for a, for a big school is Fidarian Mathis. Yeah, um, but that his projected 40 time is out there at being 5.46, which scares me <laughs> for him. And so I'm, he's, that means that he is strictly a nose tackle yeah. at six, four, three twenty. And see, and, um, six, four, three twenty nose tackle. I mean, that's, that's not huge for a nose tackle. Usually a lot of your nose tackles. You're no. And a lot of 40. folks have him, you know, uh, being able to, to slide over and play the three tech and so forth. Nobody's going to ask him to play a five tech out of that uh, size, but we will see. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a stout kid, but at that, that time shows a a lack of athletic ability, a lack of agility. And so that would, uh, that would give me a little bit of skepticism. He still has a ground two, three grade on some sites though. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's, he's going to go in that range. He's a guy with a lot of upside. He, he's got, he gets good leverage, gets his, uh, keeps his pads low, gets underneath people, long armed um, guy plays with a lot of functional strength, drives um, offensive linemen back, um, doesn't he, get moved. You know, he the, anchors Alabama's defensive line. I mean, there's just no question he has some value. Yeah. I mean, he's a big time high school recruit out into college. And so, yep. you know, there's a lot there to work with. But. Yeah, it, but you you you're right. You you know you look at that and you go, okay, at that is he is he athlete? He's clearly big and strong, and there's a lot 
of talent that you can work with, but is he that special athlete? He's not a run and chase guy. I mean, he plays in a box. Mm -hmm. Is he a so special enough athlete? And I don't know if you're going to get a consensus of people saying yes. Um, I still think there's a lot of value, and I think where do you a lot of where do you him. mock a guy like Fedarian Mathis? I think end of round two. Really? Yeah. Oh goodness. He's just go watch his tape. There's so much to like about him. <laughs> um, okay. He, he, I mean, and he really, I mean, he, he makes a lot of plays on the inside. He isn't moved. He forces running backs to cut back when he doesn't, when um, they don't want to, he keeps his linebackers clean. Uh, he really does anchor a really, really good defensive team. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I just think there's a lot to like, I think I, I think in some people are going to go, Oh, well, it's, he's, you know, the best defensive lineman for Alabama. He should go round one. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he's going to go, um, you know, later round two, somewhere in the, uh, in the fifties. Uh, but I still think that there's a lot of value and whichever wow. team drafts is, I'm going to, is going to like him. They're going to like him. All right. So one player that we haven't talked about while well, there's a few, um, I mean, we could talk about Zachary Carter, Tyler Davis, Haskell Garrett. Who do you want to talk about? Uh, let's talk about Haskell Garrett. Yeah, he's an interesting um, guy. Because now we're talking about um, fifth year senior too, so he's an older prospect. He's an older prospect, which uh, tends to it tends to make guys drop further than I think. And a lot of fans he waited until his fifth year senior year because of the COVID exemption to kind of have his best year. So mm -hmm. that's also kind of you know interesting. Six two, yeah. three hundred pounds. So he's you know, he's on the shorter, stockier side, which gives him some leverage opportunities against some offensive linemen. Um, we've seen that in the NFL work before. Um, he's a strong tackler and so forth, but I'm not sure about like a um, a normal guy that's that size is going to have a pretty good effective push in the in the pocket, and I'm not sure if he's that guy. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that... Um... We'll see. I mean, he is, he's a, he's a shorter, stockier guy, but has reasonable, um, arm length. Uh, even though he's, you know, not, not quite as tall, he's only six two, but yeah, that, that, that natural leverage of being able to get into a, a, a get under people. He's got very active hands lands, um, you know, his hands very effectively to, um, get offensive linemen, you know, off balance and, and does good things that way. I just, as far as pure athleticism go, he's not huge you know, at 300 even, but he's also not super quick. Um, so would you want, would you want him on your team? If, if he was like, what, what kind of option would you need to get to? If you selected Haskell Garrett out of Ohio I, state, like, is he your third guy, fourth guy on your board, sixth guy? Are you taking him in the fourth round? Like where, do, where does he go? Well, it, it depends on the team that you're drafting uh, mm -hmm. for. If I'm drafting for um, the Chargers, for instance, he's probably the third guy on my board. Um, because God dang, they need defensive tackles on that team, and and you want guys that aren't pass rush specialists. You want guys that can play that every anchor. down, or or at least first and second down, and then come off the field. Um, and, and he's a guy that, that I think you can put him in the middle of your defense and he'll do some good things for you, but he may not dominate 
in a way where you need, you, you may have to take him off the field on third and long and bring in a specialist who can get upfield after the quarterback a little bit better. So he might um, not be so well suited for, say, the Rams or something like that. Yeah, the Rams are probably, um, well, you know, if you stick him next to Aaron Donald, I don't know. I, I think next to Aaron Donald, you probably want to. <laughs> more of a nose tackler kind of guy just because Aaron mm-hmm. Donald can get upfield so quickly that if you, you need somebody there, yes. if you run the, if you run the, if you run your running game, right, you can take advantage of the fact that he's no longer on the line of scrimmage because he's already trying to murder your quarterback. Um, you know, that's what happens. He's almost too dominant. Uh, so um, I'd right. rather have let's, more of a nose tackle. Let's but. talk about a couple other guys and then we'll wrap this thing up. Um, yeah. Who do you got? Um, I was actually wondering if you mentioned Tyler Davis, I wanted to get your take on him. And we really didn't talk about Devonte Wyatt either very much. Yeah. We um, kind of skipped over him, but yeah, we, Clemson, we about you a know, lot of- Clemson defensive linemen are, are coveted, you know, and there's a reason because they, they are really well suited for the NFL. They're well coached. Um, their position, um, coaches there do a good job of making sure their assignment, um, correct and so forth. Um, Tyler Davis is an interesting guy cause he really didn't play in 2021. He had the, uh, torn bicep injury, had surgery. Um, it's really going to depend on if he's ready, able to participate in some off season stuff here before the NFL draft. If he is, he's got some upside there. He was one of the top rated defensive tackles before the season. Um, he just didn't get a chance to prove it. And so what do you do with a guy like that? Obviously I think you're going to fall a little bit unless he can just test, test, test outrageously and just really impress in, in that way. Nonetheless, he's probably going to you know, be the sixth or seventh defensive tackle off the board, maybe even further than that, depending on if he can participate in the combine. Yeah, if he hadn't gotten hurt, he would be higher. His, um, his tape from the year before I thought was pretty good. And yeah, and he's got a bit, you know, you kind of compare him to to Haskell a little bit, and his he's about the same size at at six two two or three hundred ish, but I think he's a little longer of a prospect, which gives him possibly mm-hmm. a little bit more upside there, a little bit more athletic ability. Yeah. Um, another guy we we have kind of skipped over is um, Travis Jones uh, out of UConn. Um, six. Yeah, four, I didn't three. have any notes on him. Six four three three thirty. Um, yep. Nose tackle uh, gets down and gets leveraged. Just you know, very effectively. Well coached kid who um, does not does not get uh, too upright. Um, plays with good balance. Um, very. He does have some steam ability too. Yeah, very instinctual in terms of um, sh- block shedding, where he can stack a um uh whoever's blocking him and then shed as the running back tries to come to the to uh, in to the gap on either side of him he's pretty good at at, you know the whole stack and shed and making the tackle in the hole um and he's just big enough to claw pick up some double teams he can also place he can also give you some ability to to play to set the edge yeah and team teams don't ask um guys to to uh two gap much anymore there's very very few um, two gap uh, schemes where you're you know they're asking guys to stack and then um, basically guard the gap on both sides of them, just knowing that they need to shed the the block at the right time. He's a guy that I actually, if you were going to run a two gap scheme, 
Um, I, I like Travis Jones in that. I think he could come in and be a, a really nice, um, you know, two gap nose yeah. tackle. Yeah. He's played at nose tackle for Connecticut and, um, He's a solid run defender. I mean, he's got 126 tackles in three seasons playing in the middle of mm-hmm. that defensive line. That's that's pretty good. Pretty good yeah. production from that interior spot, if you really think about it. Yep. There's a lot of guys that are half that much, you know, and, and still going high in this draft. So um, did you have anything to say about like a John Ridgeway or a Colby Wooden out of Auburn? Um, I haven't watched. About? I haven't watched Auburn yet. Um, Zachary Carter out of, uh, out uh, of Florida. Florida. He's a um, little, he's a kind of a longer prospect that could trim down a little bit and end up being a, a nice edge player for somebody too. Yeah, I mean, I, edge player. My my notes for on him are um limited i mean what i've got is just that i i that he um looks explosive um pretty quick um getting off the ball um really long looks like a guy that um they've got built up as an interior guy because they didn't have much help that's exactly but, what but I was his thinking. but his body type doesn't look like one where he's suited to best to be a defensive tackle that he can he should um, lose a little bit and then actually maybe become more of a jack of all trades type. Um, he reminded me a little bit of um, the guy in Kansas City, Frank Clark, and his ability to play multiple positions because um, he's so quick off the ball uh, and he's big enough to play inside, quick enough to play outside. Um, I, I do think that he needs to to shed a little weight um, in the pros because he they don't need him to be that anchor um, on the interior of the line, they can let right. him be. They can explosive. rotate him into the three tech, but they can keep him out on the five tech. Maybe even drop him into coverage, you know, yeah. in some sort of a strong side linebacker role or whatever. Yep. Rotate him around, move, just move him, make it difficult on on opposing teams to know where he's coming from. Type of situation. I I I think that's ultimately where he ends up. Um, in, in that kind of role, but Florida, I don't think did him any favors. And then Devonte Wyatt, you know, he's I think he's a riser on on big boards as the as we get closer to the draft, just because he's going to come from Georgia. If he has a big game here on Friday night, that'll be uh, telling. Um, it's hard to have the the name recognition on that defense, man. There's just so many players, and he gets kind of mm-hmm. lost in that a little bit. But um, you know, he's a good prospect. I mean, he's got 22 quarterback pressures this year. He's got four or five sacks. He's going to the senior bowl. We're going to be able to look at him there against, you know, competition isolated all week in practice. That's great to, you know, for, for us to be able to, to see. And then, um, you know, the combine. So he could be a riser. Um, I think that's it. I think it's a good show. We we went a little long today. Just, uh, we had too much fun talking about the top two guys. (laughs) Yeah. And when there's so many, there's just, there top two guys are probably the only two first round guys but yes. so there's a there there's a cliff after them um you know like a shelf if that's what you want to call it and then there is this really large group of late two to the fourth round you've probably got yep. 10 12 guys that are going to go in that range that's a lot of depth uh, at this position a lot of really nice talented players 
Um, and we didn't even talk about one of the guys that is kind of at, le- at least at this early stage in, in scouting one of my favorite um, guys to watch. And um, that's going to be uh, Christopher Hinton out of Michigan. I think yeah, I wrote his name down a, and I didn't have time to get to him. I think he's a guy that's going to jump. Um, he's currently in a lot of big boards just down there in the fifth, sixth round. I think people have, his, he's a name, so he's there, but people mm-hmm. haven't looked at him closely enough to recognize there's some real nice tools that you can work with. I think he needs some coaching and some development, but he could be a very, very good player. Sweet. Awesome. Great, great show. Hopefully everyone enjoyed yeah. that. Real informative. Um, next week, we're talking about defensive ends, edge players. Um, so that'll be that'll be great. After that, we're doing some linebackers and then safeties and corners and we're wrapped up there we're you know transitioning to talking about senior bowl we'll have some guests scheduled coming up and um on the nfl side we're going to be talking playoffs um we're going to preview uh bowl games have reactions to the, or not bowl games but uh playoff games and have reactions to that and, and up to a super bowl build up so and then we'll transition full-time into the draft so all right Follow Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. I'm at Alpstead NFL. You know where everything else is at. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube, and please subscribe. That'd be great. And uh, if you can find us on social media, share our show. That'd be awesome. So until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to the Pro Football Playbook Podcast. Follow Keith at Myers NFL. Bill is at Altstead NFL. The show is at PF underscore playbook. Listen and subscribe on your favorite podcast app or YouTube and at our website, profootballplaybook.co.